Welcome to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. This is a space for community, healing, hope, and education around topics of rescue and growth. Our prayer for this series is that it illuminates a deeper understanding of struggles within and around us, as well as God's profound love and redemptive light in Jesus Christ. Hi, everyone. I want to welcome you to another episode of Deep Light. My name is Mark Davis, and I serve as one of the pastors of Park City's Presbyterian Church. Um, We are always excited to have a conversation that you can listen to, watch, learn from, just as we're learning together. And we always let you know that we want to help you in any way that we can. You can reach out to us at deeplight@pcpc.org, or you can call our church offices at 214-224-2500. Um, Those will be in the footnotes below, but just know we care. We really believe deeply in the things that we talk about and would love to help people along their journey and understanding who the person of Jesus Christ is. Uh, Today, I'm blessed to introduce to you uh, two friends that I've gotten in over the years, Skeet and Angie Tingle. Um, The bond that we have is in Christ, and it's very, very deep from a profound experience over a number of years when they were serving in Colorado at Ute Trail, a ministry that Sky Ranch has that hosted family camps and a number of special retreats. And so this conversation is really going to be about you hearing about our friendship and about how we've encouraged one another to follow Christ and abide in Christ. And it's going to it's going to present all sorts of topics that I think will be very encouraging to your soul. Primary centered on our union with Jesus, our identity in Christ, our rest in Christ, and how he profoundly ministers to us is we experience limits. Hmm. And we're not gonna be talking about that from a purely analytical point of view, but the real reality of brokenness in our lives and how he has always come to meet us in our need. So, Hmm. hi, Hi. welcome. Hi. So I invited you guys down from Colorado Springs to come and spend some time. Kind of selfishly, I just wanted to see you. It's been a long time. We used to see each other three to five times a year. It's been a few years, so I really miss that. So in some, I don't think it's like sinfully selfish ways, but I'm really glad that you all be willing to come. I respect you so sweet of you. Well, I respect you both so much and Thanks. your own walk Thank with you. the Lord. So let's just, let's start with um, the ministry that you guys are currently involved in. Then I want to work kind of backwards towards how you got here. How did you get involved with the things that you're doing now and the various ways unique to both of you that you care for people's souls? Hmm. Would you like to start? You want me to start? I think you should. Currently, uh, in the last year or 15 months, the Lord led us to start our own ministry called Spacious Place Ministries. That's from Psalm 18. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a beautiful verse. Mm -hmm. So for the last, again, just current, last year or year and a half, We, I think, what we would call what we're doing is a ministry of availability, is what we've coined it, with soul care. So we are still speaking some, we're still leading day events, we're hosting, uh, doing retreats, and we're doing a lot of spiritual direction one-on-one, both Zoom and in in person. Zoom is left over, well, from a huge network of decades of relationships. Mm -hmm and then some of that left over from COVID. So there's in a nutshell, and we also, one of our elevator phrases is leading ministry and lay leaders 
into deeper relationships with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So when you came up with the name from Psalm 18, uh, talk about that. What went through your hearts and minds as you're like, oh, that's it? Well, we didn't. We stole it from our friend <laughs> who suggested it, Joe Walters, one of sure. our dear friends. Yeah. <clears throat> when we were, and they're part of our advisory team, mm -hmm. um, we were trying to figure out a name. Actually, Joe was the one that suggested that. This but it had to feel right, place. though. You, you had to make a connection to it. So much of what our lives have been about, and it worked in camping equally well, is creating space for people to encounter Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of our life mission. Yeah. And we've chosen that from the home level out. Right. Yeah. So, okay, I know what you mean by that, but somebody listening might have no idea what that means. So from the home level out, what do you mean by that, Angie? Well, um, a saying that my kids know that I say all the time is, the door is always open, and there's always room for one more. Hmm. And so providing a place for someone to come in, not because it's comfortable or convenient, but because God brought them to the threshold. Hmm. And so we open the door and we invite them in. And so even behind the scenes, we've lived that way. Hmm. I love that. You know, our church on the bulletin every week has this great statement. I'm not even sure where it's from. I've heard perhaps it goes all the way back to like Blaise Pascal, where it ends with this church opens wide her doors to you. And that's a beautiful statement if it's true, if it's lived out. And if the church really is not just a building, but it's the people, that's how all believers should be living. <laughs> it really is that, hey, I love that statement. This, our doors open, you know, we care. So the space idea and spaciousness, you know, availability. Talk more about that. How do you see, or what, you know, I can, I think I know what you're going to say, but how do you see that need being so prevalent in the world we live in today, in the lives of people? This can go so many directions, so we'll just see what happens. But, you know, the idea <laughs> of creating space, <laughs> you're talking about the need it addresses, but it begins with us personally. We've got to be creating space in our own heart and soul for the Holy Spirit to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So this whole notion of space and spaciousness is creating this because we don't do the transforming work. And I think that's where in our pride that we can get mixed up sometimes. Mm -hmm. If we're sort of setting this table and we do the same thing at church mm -hmm. for the Lord and the Holy Spirit to do the work. Mm -hmm. And it has to begin not just in our home, but in our own hearts of, I can't do the transforming work, but I can make space through the spiritual disciplines, which we could go down that road mm -hmm. yeah. um, for him to do the work. And then why do people need this? You're right. I. Gosh, we know, but we live in such a wounded and distracted, preoccupied culture that nobody's making space for anything. Mm -hmm. Cram uh, more in, <coughs> sleep less. So then we could get into the limits stuff yeah. too and what God's trying to help us with. But mm -hmm. yes, yeah, so the idea of spaciousness, 
for people to have some room to stop and hear God is part of it. It's tempting as it is for me right now to be like, yeah, how, so how do you see that in people's lives? And how do you, Angie, see it in the people that you're directing as well? But let's start with us. In your own personal life, in your own journey, you guys have been in ministry a long time, long time with Young Life. You 35 years. Yeah, a long time. So we have seen a lot of different things. But in our own journeys with the Lord, how has this craving developed? Where you're like, I need personally more space to hear the word and spirit, to be cared for by our Savior. Tell a little bit of your own journey and how you guys got to that place and seeing that need. Well, I could start there. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Your turn. Something that Skeet, um, we deal with probably daily is time management for me. <laughs> because I'm a yes person. I'll say yes to everything. Mm. And learning to say, no, that's not the best. Actually, that brings to mind Oswald Chambers. He has one of his devotionals talks about um, the good and the best and how we often settle for way too much good and it knocks out the best. Mm -hmm. And so starting with ourselves in the morning, actually setting an alarm and getting up on purpose mm -hmm. before any schedule for the day to have time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's physically being, I love to go out for a run or a ride mm -hmm. with it. And that is providing space for Jesus to walk in with me first. Mm -hmm. And then I walk into the day that I've probably overscheduled. <laughs> and my husband helps me with that. But yeah, I'll stop there. Well, you, you have a servant's heart and mm -hmm. a lot of people do. And then mixed on top of that for a lot of people, there's fear of man. So if I say no, you know, what's that look like? And all of a sudden you, you see it just ramping up. And every time you say yes to something, you're you saying no to something to else. say no to something else. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, so what are we saying no to? And unfortunately, a lot of times it is Christ. Mm -hmm. And it is our spouse. And it is our children. It's the things that matter <clears throat> most. Suddenly they're just squeezed out. So we are talking about limits now. We're talking about we've been given mm -hmm. a limited amount of time, a limited amount of energy, a limited number of hours Right, And all of a sudden, as we stack those things, whether intentionally or even by not really giving much thought to the day, it's gone. And so often I think that space that's really needed, and I would say prescribed by God in his word, you know, in terms of the idea of Sabbath. Yeah. If we, it's blown up and we just see the consequences of that personally and then obviously pastorally in other people's lives. And maybe especially true with people in ministry for the reasons of the sort of people-pleasing bad side of our identity mm -hmm. and the good side of wanting to serve with, with Jesus' heart but not being able to say no for whatever reason mm -hmm. ends up with a lot of unhealthy folks in ministry as well. But with us in general, I thought you were going to go somewhere you didn't and maybe you don't want to. What? With what God does with our brokenness too, where we find ourselves through crisis mm. um, and woundings in our life, that mm -hmm. God, there's a great grace and mercy with the pain. Yeah. And I think 
that's another conversation on limits that I thought you might go to because we had our big train wreck about 10 years ago in our lives and um, that's a limit conversation. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, that, well, we can if y'all want to and you get to go too at some point. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'll turn I'm, this back on you. I, I, I'm keeping it count of the clock and I know um, there'll be plenty of space for me to do that. I think that that is important. You said something, you said, we had our train wreck. Mm-hmm. Okay, the way you said that makes it sound like everybody's going to have one, and they are. It, it may, it may we be actually in all different plural. Places. It yeah. might be more than one. But my old pastor in St. Louis, St. Louis used to say, you're either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or heading towards a crisis. Amen. <laughs> and Amen. I'm going to use the word train wreck there. It's just like things are going to happen, that God is he's sovereign, and these bitter providences come. And loving. And loving. And good. Yeah. Boom, and it hits. So absolutely, if there's no space to deal with it, you're going to manage it in other ways, which is probably not going to be very helpful. And manage is an important word, probably. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily in a good way. Right. Yeah. Right. I so don't... Talk, talk as you want to. Talk about your journey a bit <laughs> with me. that. Limits are, pardon me, part of our transformation. Mm. And what we can make sure we know what we're talking about is the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Transformation. Right. And that he, he gave us all of these gifts for his purposes, mm-hmm. to enjoy him and be more like Jesus mm-hmm. and love him and obey him, all those purposes. So limits are a part of that. And so is the pain that Angie could tell you, I looked a lot more like Jesus coming out of that se- season of crisis mm-hmm. a couple of years later than I did a couple of years before. Mm. And usually it's a pride and arrogant thing, right? Hubris usually that gets trimmed with our pain. Yeah. Um, and we don't like it, mm-hmm. but I can. I, be, I became very grateful for it and saw mm-hmm. the grace in it. And I couldn't, you don't just get to do whatever you want, be whoever you want or whatever we've constructed. So there's the limit mm-hmm. that it pulls me back into God's intentions for me from my own self-prescribed intentions and uh, construct. Yeah. That phrase, limits, how did you say it, Skeet? Limits lead to transformation or? Are part of God's design for our transformation and prescription. You buy that? I do buy that. And what what I want to say real quick, this is what I love about the two of you. This is just like we were hanging out yesterday and this is the next day's conversation. This is the kind of conversations we would have in Colorado together. You know, we would laugh, we would enjoy wonderful food, whatever, and then boom, these kind of conversations. And you would obviously say, do you buy that? You know, do you think that's true? So limits imply, because we don't like them, they expose things about us that we don't want exposed, an element of suffering. And suffering 
we don't call it a means of grace like we would the word or prayer, but it's a means of grace. It needs to be called that. It does. It's true. No question. And the Lord was not shy in telling us you are going to suffer. Absolutely demonstrating it. I mean, perfectly demonstrating it, right? Both in the severity and the way in which he abided in his father. So that's real. You know, when he talks about because he himself suffered when he was tempted, you know, when he was experiencing the limits of his own humanity because they were real. You know, he was a real man. That brings me great comfort. Um, oh, that brings me great comfort. But the suffering is very, very real. So when you find yourself in that, those places of brokenness um, or, you know, your spouse is in that place of brokenness and you're watching him or her. Which is harder. They walk through, yeah. You then feel the limits. I can't put them back together. I can't make the, I can't fix this. I can't. I can't, you know. And God often isn't doing it as fast as you want him to or in the way you want right. him to, which also reveals our limits because we're not God. Um, yeah. How, how did y'all experience that together? What were some of the things that you learned about the importance of space and soul care as you went through the train wreck? Mm-hmm. Choosing to grieve. Talk about that. Um, not just going on to the next thing as quickly mm-hmm. as possible, mm-hmm. but to stand in the pain, to say, what do you have for me right here? Mm. Because right here is the only place I am. Mm. And a, to sometimes say it with tears running down your cheeks. And, is that a phrase or a practice, maybe is a better way of saying it, that somebody taught you? Or is that just something you learned and looked back and said, oh, that's what was happening? Because it's a beautiful statement. That's a great question, and I don't know. Yeah. Bec- maybe don't run. Mm-hmm. Don't run from the pain. Yeah. I can't tell you how long I've known that. Mm. It's both. But mm-hmm. I'm sure it was taught. <laughs> you, we're all taught, mm-hmm. but we don't fully learn until it's experiential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't really, can we? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's both. Yeah. I've been hearing um, um, when we were at family camp this summer. And I was back there just a couple weeks ago for a men's silent retreat. And the phrase was just, listen longer, mm-hmm. listen longer. And what the Lord confronted me on was, you're- Was you're, that your phrase from him? From him, yeah. Okay. You're moving too fast. You know, and I actually do practice a lot of listening, so, it, but it wasn't enough. Okay, and so when you're listening, mm-hmm. what are the voices you're listening to? Well, that's a great question. So there are a lot of voices. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're watching this, that doesn't mean I'm hearing things like, uh, you know, there's some, because you can, people can have that. There can be real mental health issues related right. to that. We're talking about the world, I'm talking about the world of flesh and the devil right. and the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. trying to discern which of those voices, including my own. Yeah. So the imposter's voice, you know, which is always going to tell lies and be deceptive. Uh, my own voice of performance and whatever sinful baggage I might bring to that but then really seeking to hear through the word and spirit, what does he have for me? What is he trying to tell me? And that's why I think silent retreats are so significant is the Lord will take you to places in his word, give you a word that, you know, you you were with me on a lot of those trips where I'd be like, hey, the the Lord gave me the word commend, you know, and 
we only are allowed to have a Bible and a journal. So it wasn't like I could run it. I remember one time when it was over, I ran to your office and said, hey, will you look up this word for me? Because <laughs> I really want to know what it means. I think I know what it means, but, and I did, but not fully. So anyway, back to listen longer. The idea was I'm not sitting in certain things long enough. And the other phrase is I'm not sitting with him. And that became, you guys had already left you trail at that time, but there was this simple phrase, I encourage everybody to go to one of the crosses on the property to spend time alone with the Lord. And I was doing it too. At the end of the time, I really heard the Holy Spirit just through you know, my own time of prayer. Are you here for me or with me? Mm. And that really changed everything. Because you can be there for him and not with him. Amen. Right? That's probably something doing... a lot of ministry, people in ministry Exactly. And it doing right. It's just, well, I'm doing this for him. All these things for him, but I'm doing it with him. And suddenly what you're elevating is our union with him. This idea that he lives in us through his spirit, you know, God himself. And that's amazing. Um, but that was a big confrontation. Gentle, gentle word, but a very transformative moment in my life and walk with Christ. It was like, ah. So now back to brokenness, to the crisis, to the train wreck, whatever it is. We all want to run from that fast. That's where I just sense the Lord saying, hmm, listen longer. There's more there. There's more in that passage. There's more in that circumstance. There's more in that conversation. Don't, don't run. I think that's a great word to hang on to is run. And that's our temptation mm-hmm. kind of daily. You yeah. know, from myself mm-hmm. or from pain or... Um, from the Lord, mm-hmm. when I know I don't want to hear what He's trying to speak, whatever. That's a that's an that was an interesting word, good word. Yeah. My running. Yeah. Um, which we can tie back to limits if you want. Sure. <laughs> because we're trying to escape those also with our running. Yeah. So what? Why? Why is it so hard for us? to admit we have them. I mean, why is it so hard for us to say, I can't do everything, you know? I'm not, I don't have all the gifts. Um, I know. I hope people will hang on to that question right there. Yeah. Why is it so hard for me? Yeah. It's not hard to know them in some sense, right? It's like, okay. But boy, to hide them, to cover them, to mask them. You just sound like the guys in the garden. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. The hiding. Yeah. I think it is our shame and sin mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So if it is in the Lord in his gracious way, it's pulling us out of that. But, but I also think that sometimes we think more is going to satisfy us. What do you mean by that? Like if I just have one more thing, Mm-hmm. That's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. If I have, I mean, just that sense of, I need to go one more place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's going to satisfy One more satisfy adventure, me. one more. Yes. Yeah. That there's that sense of, let me, let me just try one more thing. Because maybe there's still a hole inside of me I want to fill. And when I'm in those places, I have to take a step back and say, Wait a minute. Take a breath. 
What am I trying to satisfy myself with today besides Jesus Christ? The third question in the garden, have you eaten? Yeah. Yeah. Are you trying to satisfy yourself with something other than me? Yeah. Yeah. What's the question you often ask, Skeet? You'll send it in a text. Is I want to have heard from you for uh, it's my three weeks. Or, famous question for you. Yeah, say Just because I know we both love it. Yeah. Is anything more important to you today than Jesus Christ? Yeah. And when yep. Skeet texts that to me, it's not rhetorical. He's <laughs> expecting an answer. My temptation is to give some smart aleck response. <laughs> um, Which you... Which I often do, but half the time. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I do take it sincerely, and I often ask people that as a very same question. You know, I do give you credit most of the time. If I don't, I just forgot. But It's not original. If there's something other than Jesus there, there's a reason. That means we believe that that's what's going to make us happy. It could be the thing or the trip or the relationship. Or the praise that somebody might give. Praise, the title, the stuff. So it's kind of interesting to think about then, okay, so all things that have been created have limits. They themselves have limits to the contentment or satisfaction they could bring to us. I didn't expect to talk about that, but I think that's really interesting because as we encounter our own limits, the temptation would be to pursue things as if they have no limits. Like the, this would be limitless satisfaction mm-hmm. if I only had, boom, or if my child only did this, or if, right? And that's- What a great reflection. Well, just wow, you know, cause it's like, no, no, no. There is one secure- Infinite. Infinite, limitless Source. God. Source, God. That just triggered something in my mind that I need to say. In Genesis, when God was created, he even said enough. Mm. Yeah. God stopped. Yeah. God Mm. said, this is good, just like this. He didn't keep going. Mm -hmm. He paused. He said, this is enough. Mm -hmm. I go back to that sometimes when I'm thinking... I wish I had, or I get the I wants, or whatever it is, and then I have to think, Lord, I have to pause and pray, Lord, what is stirring that? What is off right now Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking I need something else? Mm -hmm. When I need a heart of contentment. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) And Lord, I just need you. So I must pause and breathe with you, and usually it'll set me back on track. Choosing to pause. Yeah. And that's the human responsibility side. So we talk mm-hmm. about the means of grace that God's given us. But then there's the human responsibility of how we avail ourselves of that. So back to time alone. Back mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know sacred space. To choosing to set the alarm. To spend time alone with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Choosing new rhythms that might invite opportunity for more time to hear from the Lord. So talk about how you would encourage people to start that and the things that they might, some of the practices that they might begin to do that would help them, you know, really understand what the Lord through his word and spirit seeks to communicate to his people. 
Right off the bat, I want to say there's not a specific formula. Great word. Because there's because you can't, right now it cannot to go. be checklist, and yeah. I can hear the paper and pens yeah. getting out right now. Yeah. That doesn't work. Give us the list. Yeah. No, that's that's that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet there are great historical good ideas. That the great saints in world enough to know and been in the company of great saints to know are really smart ideas Mm -hmm. if our motives are right. Mm -hmm. I've been dwelling on the last year or two, what's important to God? What are God's priorities and what's his economy? And I'm going to tie this back into some practices, but... If we get into our checklist or some sort of equational or transactional mechanical approach, um, it's going to get very stagnant very quickly and mechanical, and we lose the heart of it. If if our intention is to know, and rec- if my intention is to be loved by God first before I do anything. Mm-hmm. I've got to go sit quietly in order to hear that mm-hmm. voice of love. Henry Nouwen said that the reason mm-hmm. that we go spend time in silence is to hear the voice of love. Mm-hmm. Some great saint talked about, you were talking about listening longer, teasing a deer out of the woods onto the meadow, but not teasing, just waiting. Because mm-hmm. it's the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that is a little shy. Mm-hmm. Not really, of course, is God, but kind of. I know what you mean, yeah. Doesn't push. Mm-hmm. And wants a quiet place in order to come. Mm-hmm. So that notion of sitting there long enough for that deer to poke its head out, mm-hmm. that's the creating space for me personally daily mm-hmm. to talk about mechanics. If nobody's really gotten serious about a consistent time with God first thing in the day, mm-hmm. well, there's a... Place. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. You know, Nowen talks a lot about the idea of living on a main street with your doors and windows open, and then one day you decide to shut them, but you've allowed people to come in and out at all times of day and night. Now you shut the doors and windows and they start banging. Mm-hmm. And I love his answer, you know, just, just don't answer, don't respond. Eventually they will go away. So you do learn, you know, as you practice it, but it's not easy at first, you know, it, people. And that's can, why we call it practice. Yeah, because people really hear yeah. so Yeah, now I love to talk about, and there's all kinds of historical metaphors, the monkeys in the tree. Yeah, yeah. That we, it's hard to get those voices still. Mm-hmm. That's right, and it's okay. Just yeah. show up anyway, keep well, showing up. This goes back to something I said a little bit ago, but I've encouraged people now, it's like, as you want to start, or as you want to grow, maybe you have some exposure to being still and uh, being alone with the Lord already. But even how you do it, do that with the Lord. Like, ask the Lord, how, how do you mm. want me to do that? I'll give you an example. If I show you this, I'm pulling up my phone right now, and this is going to appear like I'm bragging. I'm actually not, but I did a Bible reading plan this year, okay? I don't always do that. Yeah, they come and go, right? They come and go for me. And some people do them every year. That's like their Which thing. Is beautiful. Good for them. So how many days ahead am I, Angie? Read that. 61. 61 days ahead. He's bragging. I'm 15 days away from finishing the year-long plan I started 
I'm gonna be two months ahead. You know why I'm doing it? Because I'm so burned out on it. I just wanna get it over with. I'm not lying. I just want to get it over with. I'm done. I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm meditating on passages that I'm preaching, but this thing is wearing me out. But I'm committed to it, and it's been good for me. It's the chronological Bible plan. I've really learned a lot. But right now, I'm just like, okay, come on. I you love know? you. I know. I'm, just so, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm saying. You're confessing. <laughs> it's, I'm confessing. It's like, you know, I'm not sure this is really honoring to the Lord yet, but I am availing myself of it. And I'm doing a couple of other things. But my point is, our personalities influence and they're God-given they influence the way we do things but Absolutely. sometimes and I love that you brought this up Angie we tend to think it needs to be like that person or yeah. that person they may be so different in terms of the way they're wired my wife once read the book of Isaiah for five years that was the only part of scripture she studied now she would hear sermons and dig it right right but she kept reading Isaiah over oh. and over and over again she said I just don't get it and then she would start over and I'm like, well, do you get it now? You know, it's like, that, we're three years in. You're still doing that. I've read through the whole Bible, 60 days ahead. You know, all these different times, different personalities. Right. I rise early. She stays up late. You know, when we're really old, we'll be passing each other in the night. I'll be saying good morning. <laughs> She'll be saying good night. She felt for a long time, you know, I feel like I've got to do it like you. And I'm like, right. no, no, no. I feel like I got to do it like him, right? Yeah. So it really is. Let's do it like the Lord leads. Like the Lord leads. And invites us. You know, and there are common things like the word, prayer. Sometime you know, alone, somehow. Somehow, yeah, quiet. You can't. Silence and solitude. Yeah, you know, you need that. Jesus needed that. He modeled that. I love that. I love that the Lord, when he set up the day, he said it was night and then it was day. Oh, the Sabbath. And so. Right, begins with rest. But mm -hmm. I would just say every day. It begins with going to bed mm -hmm. and choosing to rest. Yeah. And then get up. So I would say. Like when you're asking for specific things from us. Yeah, that, but that's that a would big help one. people. That's a big one. Yeah. Is choosing the, to go to bed. So I rest. remember listening, maybe it was John Piper, I'm not sure, but he, it wasn't like he was teaching something. He's just like, I wonder. Mm -hmm. if the state of mental health is what it is today, and he probably said this 10 years ago, because of the lack of sleep that people are getting. Well, what does need for sleep expose limits? Mm -hmm. I don't have time to sleep, yeah. you know, or I'm so burned out, I just need to veg and watch TV or something until, but all of a sudden the amount of time that we know we need to sleep and it differs for some people, I know that, but we don't get enough. You know, and if you're not rested, you, you think about all the different dysfunctions that can come into your life. You're not relating well to people, you're right. not operating your best, you're not able to make good decisions. There's a lot. There's that comes a lot, with that. just clinical reality. No doubt. You know, I was on the principal's advisory board of the local high school here, and it's one of one high it's the only high school that ranks in the top. 10 nationally in academics and sports. That was true then, it probably still is true today. There's private schools that rival that, um, but not a public school. And there's pride in that, which you can kind of get. But I kept asking, what are the unintended consequences of that? Because I had kids there, and I would watch my child do homework till one in the morning, and then have her track coach say, we have a meeting at five, so that we, so that, that was rhythm, that was just normal. And yeah. You know, parents are just 
along for the ride. Go, do it. It's not healthy, you know, and the consequences of it are what? Extreme anxiety, great depression. Those are easy to see, actually. But what about all the other dysfunctions that happen as people are trying to cope with their limits, right? So this is a big deal. It is a big deal, and it starts speaking to soul care again and how holistic it is when we talk about People don't even know what soul care is a lot of time, but we don't have time for that. But it's our whole being before yeah. God. It's and not it, just the spiritual side. And it, our bodies are included with that. Right. Well, you told me, you know, you, that great quote, your body doesn't lie. And I stole that from Ruth Haley Barton. Yeah. And we were having breakfast at Lucky's just down the street, and I kept rubbing my neck. And finally you said, why are you rubbing your neck? I was like, because it hurts. Why does it hurt? Because I've probably got 10 different stress bubbles holding stuff they're not supposed to be holding right there. And you just kind of smiled and took another bite of your hash browns. But <laughs> the body doesn't lie, you know. And then, so God created us in such a way where he said, you need rest. He gave us a rhythm okay. to the week and to the day that commanded rest. And the year, by the way, yeah. which we've sort of trampled all over on when we were more agricultural society, there was a lot more rest in the winter months. Yeah. And with all of our technology, you know, we sort of celebrate, well, I can work hard all year now. Yeah. Um, I never thought with about With lights that. and heat. I thought about the agricultural thing from a daily perspective. Like, that God may have had intention with. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Our fields go fallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A consideration. Okay, that's another podcast <laughs> in the future. I think that's, that's pretty intriguing. But it's all seasons and rhythms mm-hmm. that we love that language and maybe wear it out now, but not just the breath we took or the, our heart just beat or the hours in the day and the day and the night and Sabbath weekly and seasons. Yeah, but all of that, how it continues yeah. to be an expression of his intention. Yeah. So I want to pick up back where we were a minute ago about formulas and checklists. We know that that's our temptation. And... At the same time, we know people need some help. I actually want to go to a different level, though. I want to share with those who are listening the beauty that exists in what we're talking about, Mm. where there is so much intimacy with God, so much presence with the living God, even when it hurts, when it's hard, when it's confusing, that that's the real reason we're here to talk about this. It's like we believe so much in what God offers us in his son and spirit that we got to tell people like this is, I used that phrase a minute ago, union with Christ, you know, Christ in us. Um, I'm going to use 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Or Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if we don't talk about this, then we're really offering, or we're in danger of offering something that sounds like just another self-help. Yeah. You know, here's a way to do it, this is how Angie does it, this is how Skeet does mm. it, this is how Mark does it. Um, there is an element of that, but it's because we're communing with the living God. Mm-hmm abiding in him, opening his word, which is alive and active, it's transforming us. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. I kind of went on a little rant there. So what's your response? It's a great rant, and we're just processing for a second. 
about, let me see if I can say back to you maybe what you said and then that gives Angie a chance. Okay. Of what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, that this isn't just self-help or checklist. It's not just religion. Mm-hmm. Um, in, a, in a crasser way, what's the payoff here? Mm-hmm. Um, that may not be great language. I get it though. I don't think it's bad. Let me start there and see if you are gathering a thought. Okay. That there is in these deep, deep, almost unspeakable places in our hearts and souls and beings, inexpressible joy, biblical term, because there aren't words. Yeah, um, inexpressible joy. Inexpressible, I I can't, there isn't language. It's so deep and so beautiful Mm -hmm. and rich and meaningful as we commune with the living God in those places or he comes and does it with us and for us, as we create these spaces, mm-hmm. there is a rich, it's all the stuff that all the hymns are singing about yeah. and scripture speaks about of this, the joy and the depth and the richness that the mechanics don't provide. Um, and trying to just study the word instead of being handled and transformed by the living and active mm-hmm. word of God that goes to those places. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. That's why. That's good. And then I'm going to step in from just my perspective. I encounter life through my senses. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see and hear, smell, taste, and touch. Mm -hmm. When When we hit our train wreck time period, as we call it, and I knew I was going to spend up and t- get up and spend time with the Lord. I was afraid of him some. Mm. Because I knew he had allowed all of this mm-hmm. that had come into our lives. And he removed everything that I knew as normal. Mm. And what you'd known as normal for a long time. For a long time. Mm-hmm. And so in order to make that a place that I wanted to come because... I had a fear of the Lord that was not healthy in mm-hmm. that I was afraid of what he might bring next. Yeah, you, it wasn't a reverent fear. No. Like we, it was, I'm scared of you. I'm you scared You might hurt right me. Now. You might yes. bring something into my life that yes. I don't want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reverting back to 12 years so old. So for me, I would set a place. I set a place at my table. Mm-hmm. I literally set my Bible out, Mm -hmm. I pen in my journal, Mm -hmm. I put a candle and matches, I put something beautiful like maybe some flowers, Mm -hmm. but I made it look like a welcoming, beautiful place Mm -hmm. for me to come and sit down Mm -hmm. and be with my God. Mm -hmm. It's taking those kind of steps. Mm -hmm. As we care for ourselves and we make a spacious place, Mm -hmm. it might be for someone I got to get outside. I need to hear the wind in the trees. Mm -hmm. I need to hear a bird sing. It might be someone who needs a closet and needs everything shut out Mm -hmm. and to have that space to just breathe all alone. Mm -hmm. But to create the place that's just right 
for the soul yearning mm -hmm. for their God and that it is a safe place and an inviting place. And I also think that as we talk about our souls and, um, and caring for ourselves is making sure that that soul is known mm -hmm. in that space mm -hmm. that they're walking into. So for your wife, it might be at night when everybody mm -hmm. goes to bed mm -hmm. and it's quiet and her chores are done mm -hmm. and she can encounter the Lord there. Mm -hmm. For you, it might be after you've had a night's sleep, however long it was, mm -hmm. and you get up and you're fresh and there it is. Mm -hmm. Each person is going to know. Yeah. For me, I needed a place of beauty. Mm -hmm. So I think that's yeah. really wise and it, it just kind of puts an exclamation point on this idea of its beauty and sweetness and romance and intimacy and all of those things. All of those things. Which are all yeah. scriptural terms. And Angie being the artist and she's so tactile, <laughs> taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm yeah. 34. Yeah. And, and some people aren't, and they might be listening going, ah, I just need a pen right. and a set of commentaries. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's what you think you need. Well, that's what you start with because yeah. that's more comfortable. Yeah. But there is a dynamic of we have an enemy that wants mm -hmm. to destroy this. Because if it's, if it's intimate and beautiful and he's drawing us to himself, then he's going to try to spoil that somehow, some way. And he can use legalism, self-righteousness, or mm -hmm. we can become... Like I, you know, y'all both know I journal. I love to journal mm -hmm. and I like particular types of pens. <laughs> if I don't have that pen. That spoke to my heart. That kind of is like, oh, well, I guess I can't meet with God today. You know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I can use a big or, or something, you know, but it does. It kind it of, does. so you can, we can make any of those things something we're enslaved to. But that phrase, indescribable joy, made me think of Psalm 16 and hmm. there's this. Read that this morning. There's this great proposition that I use, and it, did, it came from a message John Piper gave actually here at Watermark a long time ago to the porch, which is really interesting, but he says, God will lead you body and soul through life into death, into, he uses the term everlasting joy, which is the same word for indescribable joy, it's the same one, one's mm -hmm. eternal, but it's the same root. And he says, God will lead you body and soul through life and through death into everlasting joy, into indescribable joy, if he is, and he gives these four things that are all there in this beautiful Psalm 16. Your safest refuge, mm -hmm. so you talked about safety. Yes. Your supreme treasure, okay? Your sovereign Lord, so there's an element where you're surrendering to all of it, including the train wreck, then your most trusted counselor. And so as I was thinking about the way, it is, it really is beautiful. I, it's actually one of those statements that I think about almost every day. Mm -hmm. Like today, was God my safest refuge? Skeet, back to your question. Did I trust in anything or was anything mm -hmm. more important than, was he my supreme treasure? Yeah. Did I really rest in his sovereignty? And was he my most trusted counselor or was somebody else or even myself? And Angie, I was thinking about it as you're sitting in that place. It's like those, 
those things could actually be represented there. They don't have to be the same things for other people, but this idea of beauty, mm-hmm. you know, with the flowers, the word, which is the counsel, you know, then the safety, I'm safe in this space. You know, I think that's really, really powerful, but it's also intentional. And that mm-hmm. word can be overused, but it is important. It's an it important is important. Word. God was so intentional about he, how he established all these different things that became religious in an unfortunate way, but they, they had purpose behind them in order to show his beauty and his, his reverence, his awe, his sacredness, all those things. We kind of spoiled it, or can spoil those in some ways, but I love the way you talked about that. Just using the unique personality he's given you, the things of passion that he's given you, you can bring those to this so that it isn't just, and I say this all the time now, Christianity is not primarily a worldview. It is a worldview, but it's not primarily, it's union with the living God. It is the essence of every part of our life, body, mind, heart, soul, strength, all those things. And so when we talk about this, we really are talking about the greatest joy. And Christ talks about that. I came to give you my joy, that my joy may be in you and it may be full or complete. So I think so many times people look at Christianity and soul care, as we talk about it, is like, well, it's, it's just discipline. It's just duty. There's elements of that that are in important parts of relationships, but it's so much more than that. It's desire that God gives to be with him. That's why I wanted to kind of go in that direction for a little bit to talk about. We love being with the Lord because he's given us a taste of who he is in that satisfies us. You mentioned Pascal long ago in our conversation and that God-shaped, I thought about, Pascal says we all have a God-shaped vacuum vacuum in our hearts. And that's that same um, notion that whether you recognize it or not, you're yearning, there's a yearning, God-placed yearning inside of you crying out for him that um, we can attend to or not attend to. And that we've talked about ways that we run from it and the limits God gives us to help us um, with our fellowship with him, our union, because of what he's created us with for himself. Um, I love that. This coming Sunday, so we're, we're filming this October 11th, 2023, um, this coming Sunday, I'll be preaching Revelation 3, um, the lukewarm church. We're in a series on the book of Revelation. And um, I've never preached Revelation. I've taught it like in high school, you know, youth groups settings and such, but but we've never preached it here. And I'm really enjoying it along with our other pastor, Paul Goebel. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the second to the last verse in that letter to the church of Laodicea is Revelation 3.20. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. It's interesting. This is the last of the seven letters to the seven churches and it's the only one that doesn't receive something good mm-hmm. in terms of a, being commended by the Lord. The other six letters all have something. Two of them have nothing negative. The other four um, have good, I commend you for this. Then it says, but I know you, I know your works and I have this against you. 
and then he's specific about what it is. This church, there's nothing he is saying good about them. And he then says, you're, either, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out of my mouth. It's a hard passage, but it ends with the most unbelievable remedy that if you will turn from your ways, you will sit on my throne with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so I bring up Revelation 3.20 because there was a theologian, I think in the 30s-ish, named O. Halsby, and he wrote a simple book on prayer called Prayer, and he starts the book off with that verse, Revelation 3.20, and he says, I doubt, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but I don't think I know of another verse in the Bible which sheds more light on prayer than that verse. I never would have picked that verse, you know, and I've done conferences and stuff on prayer where I'll ask people, come up with the verses, or getting groups, come up with the verse that you think the Lord uses to show us the most about prayer. Nobody ever comes up, not once has that happened in 30 years. But I think he's onto something because what he says is that verse, and it's not really meant to be just an individual, it's meant for a church, church that's corporate, right. but the church is made up of individuals, so it goes both ways. But his point is, God initiates this. God initiates the daily, not just once, like for salvation, daily, you know? And are we going to avail ourselves of that intimacy and that union that is as sweet as a meal? That's why when you thought, or you shared with us this idea of a setting, I was like, that's so powerful, because that's really what it is. I probably couldn't sit still long enough at a setting like that. I got to be moving. So I often picture the Lord, like when I was a little boy, a friend would come down, can Mark come out and play? And when, especially when I'm on silent retreats, I kind of have that image of the Lord like, hey, come on, let's build a fire. You know how much I love that fire pit uh, or that fireplace. That little cabin. Boom, that little cabin. Yeah, I was there last week, two weeks ago. Off we go to the river. Up we go to the mountain. But now just sit. But it's at the Lord's invitation. And how kind that that's the essence of Christianity, God seeking us. But don't you see God standing at the door knocking? Yeah. And what is he actually doing? He's coming as a guest and saying, do you have time? Yeah. So really, when we open the door, we're serving time. Mm. Time is such a sweet gift. Mm-hmm. And when we choose to spend that with the Lord, um, it's amazing. It is a, it's amazing what we hear, what mm-hmm. happens. We have a ladies' night at our house now twice a month. And I, and I do it with some young girls, and they're in their 20s. And we open the door, and whoever comes in is great. Mm-hmm. It starts at five. I have to tell them to go home at nine. <laughs> it is, it's just, but it's that whole idea of I told him, I said, I love that you brought up that verse because I told him, I said, our God is a gentleman <laughs> and he will stand at the door and knock. And in my version, it says, if you'll just open it, he'll dine. <laughs> and to me, whenever you talk about dining, you're sitting down. Mm-hmm. You're not taking it to go in the car. Mm-hmm. You're not taking it out on a run and you're not taking it to the next thing. You're coming in to sit down and dine yeah. for a while. Yeah. And so they walk in the door and we see what everybody brought and we make dinner 
from what everybody choose, chose to, to bring. bring. Yes. So we cook together, we set the table together, and we sit down. And we bring what's on our hearts. Hmm. We pray for one another, and then we end the night with a reading. Vespers. A Vespers. That's awesome. I love that. But it's that choice to say, and this is one of those soul care things, and mm -hmm. I said, girls, you've got to choose to take time. And mm. that time in coming in a group is this. We grow in community. Mm -hmm. We don't grow all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. How are you going to know if you grew? Mm -hmm. But when we come together and share, it's one more way of taking said care a, of ourselves. You both said a lot. God always initiates. Mm -hmm. Prayers are a huge topic. Mm -hmm. But y'all's two different, and everyone's two different takes on that verse. God called you out to play, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you were letting Jesus in to die mm -hmm. yeah. as he was knocking. Mm -hmm. But he still initiates, I think, mm -hmm. is real important. Yeah, he does, and that, that, that's the difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world. That's right. Every other religion is about seeking God. That's right. Christianity is about God seeking us. And the freedom we have as he enters in. You know, I think about, Angie, you're an artist, and... Um, you taught me so much just watching the way you set a table and the way you described breakfast. And that tradition continues. <laughs> um, they're trying to imitate what you, for whatever reason, I, I, I don't think you've met even the people that work there now, but that tradition has continued. And what I'm talking about for those who have no idea is when we had silent retreats, you didn't talk during the meals. <coughs> so Skeet and Angie Excuse would me. call us over, we would be around the table, and then Angie would describe what we're eating. And sometimes you would even show us the difference between like instant oatmeal, <laughs> which I could never eat again, um, and real oats. Uh -huh. And then the symbolism of that. But all of it takes more time. And that's the gift. And yes. When we're coming back to limits, when we think of running out of time, are pressed for time. Think about all the ways we say it. We're really missing what it means to surrender, yeah. to slow down, and then to appreciate those things that that come in the context of dining, enjoying, um, feasting, tasting, all those different things. Um, I know our time is about up um, for this particular podcast. But How ironic. The, <laughs> that is kind of funny. Um, but we're going to continue talking. We're probably going to go feast at some point. Um, anything that you would love to say that hasn't been said yet that you think is so important to soul care, uh, to moving through with the Lord, um, confronting limits, things like that. You, know, you might not have anything, but I want to give you a chance. I would say choosing to have a rhythm. Mm-hmm and have routine, that those are gifts. Mm -hmm. A question that the Lord has laid on my heart that I've journaled lately is the question, do I value obedience? Hmm. You know, the word obedience has to do with listening. Henry Nouwen talks about the two Greek words huh. and the word absurd Remember this? Reddit it's forgot. so good. Yeah. So obedience is listening and then doing, essentially. Mm -hmm. And if we don't obey, 
we live absurd lives because we're tuning out what's been said to be true. See, that's so good. So you think about what Jesus said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about the wise and the foolish builders, mm -hmm. and that is what we're talking about. Yeah. The wise builder opens the door. It takes time yeah. to be with the Lord. I'm not going to add anything to that one. Yeah. That's good. That word that you gave us, Angie, is really good. Um, yeah. Serduce and audire are the two Latin words that he uses and explains the whole dynamic of obedience. It's really powerful. Good job. Well, okay. that's... You should consider a career in ministry. <laughs> <laughs> to burn out. Uh, well, Thank I think you, is, is I'll go ahead and close this out, but as you've watched or listened, you, um, you've got to hear from two really godly people who love the Lord, who cling to the one who's clinging to them who desire deeply to help people discover what it means to be loved by God. Um, we say all the time, from the word of God, what we know about him, if he could love us more, he would. But he can't because his love is perfect. Um, there's nobody else in this life that can love perfectly. Um, he would love you more if he could but his love is perfect. So wide, so deep, so long, so high. Uh, I have no idea what you might be encountering today um, where you're experiencing and confronting a train wreck or limits, but we don't want you to do it alone. You can reach out to the Lord right now. Simply pray to him. If you'd like to walk along with somebody else in that regard, call us or email us at deeplight at pcpc.org or call our church offices, 214-224-2500. Um, we're grateful that you've taken time to listen, pray over you, that God would bless you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thank you both for being here. It's been a gift. What a gift. Yeah. Thank you so much. No Thanks for inviting yeah. us. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Deep Light Podcast from Park City's Presbyterian Church. We would love for you to be our guest this Sunday morning as we gather together for worship at 8, 9.30, or 11 a.m. We are located in the Uptown Dallas area at the corner of Oaklawn Avenue and Wycliffe Avenue. To find out more, please visit pcpc.org.